0: Happy 2023. Do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too, on what is usually the biggest week in wrestling. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins, along with Chris Novembrino, who is live from Albuquerque, New Mexico now. Congratulations.
1: Yes, I am. I I love it here. Uh, I'm in my new home of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, This is week one of Officially Living Here. This is the first podcast I'm officially living here i got my last car load of stuff off the car on monday i got onto all of the apps and the uh, craigslist and web pages and found myself a band to rehearse with the next day and i have three gigs this weekend already uh life is moving very quickly uh, I'm getting settled into the new place. The cats love the new place. I love the new place. I've am... been here
0: 15 minutes. They've already elected me mayor. I don't know what's going on around
1: yeah, here. Right. No, I, <laughs> I feel like at, at the current pace, I am going. Realistically, I think, Jeff, within about five years, I can be the senator from the state. <laughs> One of them. Can you
0: name the senators from New Mexico right now?
1: No, right okay, now. Okay, there we no, go. No, right now I am classic dumb citizen who cannot name any elected officials in their state. <laughs> I'm going I need to fix that because like, I I you know think it's important that everyone at least knows like who your governor is. Uh, I mean, for example, if you need to get a pardon, you should know who that person is. You're literally not is.
0: worrying about the government.
1: <laughs> right, right No, right now, the government has not been worried about it yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have to go to the DMV and stuff. Uh, and yeah. I'm, in, I'm in the process of getting, I have my documents and stuff, but I, I'm waiting for my, let, my birth certificate actually is at my parents' house and being sent to me, so. Anyways, I will learn who the government officials are. I will get a driver's license, okay. but I have three gigs. I'm getting settled in.
0: I, have, have I like my new place for mango salsa, which is all I think. Bobby Flay when he does southwestern New Mexico cooking, it's nothing but oh, I'm just gonna add peach mango salsa and blue corn tortilla chips to everything, and then it's all of a sudden it's southwestern flair.
1: I'm out here in New Mexico. It's red chili and green chili. This okay, is the good. chili capital of the of the world. Uh, We're also number one in nuclear weapons. So just remember the next time you hear about New Mexico, that when New Mexico leaves the country, we will nuke the other 49 states and take all their assets. Something to think about, Jeff.
0: Can you start with Vermont? Uh,
1: (laughs) Maybe, but Texas is right next door.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I don't like Vermont. Uh, anyway, I,
1: it's convenient. It's too cold
0: there. <laughs>
1: we can talk about Texas some other time.
0: Oh, uh, well, it, well, you know, we were having a nice, enjoyable end of 22 vacation. Kind of, you know, a few days off, relaxing. We go into this first week of January, which is always, oh, look, Wrestle Kingdom and the big Japanese shows. And we're on the road to WrestleMania. And AEW is starting to make moves Etc., etc., and then this afternoon, Thursday, Vince McMahon kicks in the door and yells, Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) The Wall Street Journal at four o'clock Eastern today drops an article. Vince McMahon has communicated to the board of directors that unless he has direct involvement as executive chairman from the outset of a strategic review, he will not support or approve any media rights deal or sale. That means, in other words, he wants back in. And according to the Fightful version of this article, Vince McMahon has elected himself and former co-presidents and directors Michelle Wilson and George Berrios, last seen heading the IPO of Bolero, which actually has gone up 25% since they did that, which shocks me to death. But (laughs) he's bringing them with him And it will require three current directors to vacate their positions. Vince McMahon has majority voting power and has reported he's forcing his way back into the company to oversee a media rights deal and or force a sale. He said he would block any attempts to do either without him. He sent out a press release stating that he would collaborate with the current management team but did not directly address a potential return to creative Fightful reached out to WWE in official capacity as well as the author of the Wall Street Journal to gain more info but hadn't heard back. But in an unofficial capacity, ain't nobody know nothing. They were all panicking over WWE when this dropped. May you live in interesting times. Also in the article, the article notes that this bringing him back would require board approval. And the board has wrote back to him saying they weren't supporting his return. Oh, it gets more interesting and interesting, and I could just see that first meeting, George, Michelle, Vince walk in, look around, go, you know what? Steph, Hunter, Nick, thank you for your service. (laughs) Chris, what do you make of all this craziness?
1: That last note is the most interesting to me, which is that they do not have the board support on this. Right. The other interesting note to me, uh, because I'm kind of going for the most interesting parts of the story first, is he is either there to oversee a sale or a new media deal, which a new media deal is a clever way of saying, I'm just back, baby. Uh, I, I have chosen to not, in my weird mentality, lose and i am once again in control of wwe even if it's bad for wwe in the end of it see the uh, sale
0: I, part is what interests me because right. he might and be it, doing
1: it, a sale, but he also might not be we might right. be focusing on the wrong side of the story is what we I'm might
0: saying. be but but here here's how i think it coalesces i think Vince is of the mentality i built this and if i ain't running this you ain't running this either people that i know i will sell this thing out from under you and I will let them do with it what they will, but you can't have it. See, it's it's far more. <laughs> it's far I more. almost
1: feel like he won't be happy unless it went out of business entirely. Like, like some weird part of him needs I to... I think so, too. ...by his hands.
0: Yeah, and as long as it's not him putting it out of business, necessarily, he's fine with that. Or, or you know, maybe he wants to put it out of business so nobody else can have it.
1: Right. No, that's a, Like it's weird. It's, it, it's a... I don't want anyone else to have this.
0: These are my toys, but it's also, you know, I think it goes very much into his psyche. Like he is very big into thinking he was a Horatio Alger story. Rags to riches. Like, oh, I took this and I built it all up from scratch and I never had any help. And, you know, when he was really kind of given a major territory by his father and then screwed all his father's friends out of it. When he did national expansion, but he's always thought of himself as, you know, the the bootstrapping. I worked hard, got to where I was for you know you know every every single stupid self help book in the in the business section, you know, <laughs> in a pamphlet is Vince McMahon right now, and what he's saying right now is, well, because you all didn't really earn this, you can't have it. I'm <laughs> just like, it, it's such a weird psychosis to me yeah it's like well you know you had help along the way you were not just a rugged individualist who built all of this no matter what you put out there on tv people helped you along the way and if you make it in business you are helped along the way and you get some ins. Or you get, you know, connections and things like that. And he just seems oh, to think that that never happened with him. it's
1: collaborative, right? Like whether you're talking about Bruno San Martino or you're talking about Bob Backlund or you're talking about Hulk Hogan or you're talking about Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, the people at the top of the company, just to name like a, a few of the main acts, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena. And those are rock. just the
0: people on TV, not people behind the scenes who helped them.
1: Right, right. I mean, those are important partnerships that Vince needed to have necessarily in order for him to have business success. All of his business success is in it's not because of other people. He has no credit at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that like it is through collaborative relationships. And so often you get these people who, who have this rugged individualist narrative for themselves. And what they're really forgetting about is there were powerful associations, generative associations along the way, where like it is by virtue of that association with someone else that both of y'all were able to thrive. Whether you're talking about a guy like Steve Austin, who went from being stunning Steve Austin, a mid-card guy in WCW, to being a celebrity by virtue of the association with Vince McMahon. And similarly, Vince McMahon, who was able to take WWF in the 1990s, From a struggling promotion, 91, 92, 93, Lex Luger, like, suplexing Yokozuna on the uh, battleship. Like, these are not the brightest days of WWF television. It's only through these generative relationships with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, and The Rock that WWE or WWF becomes WWE, the traded company now. It's all about collaboration. Um and I Vince really I m- there are many things this man misses but that this one really sticks out in this story to me.
0: Yeah, I was saying like the Grand Wizard and all the people that helped him when he was behind the scenes. But to quote one of my favorite Genesis oh, Patterson, songs,
1: Pat Patterson, he definitely you yes. know is kind of sold up the river a little bit at the end here, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. To quote one of my favorite Genesis songs, "Paper Late." You don't have to be nice on the way up because you're not coming down. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> It's so funny because I'm I'm reading a lot of discourse about this. I'm like, wow, this really helps AEW. I'm like, dude, AEW has its own problems. Let, let's not uh, let's not think that just because one is in trouble, the other one is uh, is is flying great necessarily. Although they are they have uh, they have gone through their turbulence already. But I I, just... I mean,
1: also we already have data for what Vince McMahon running television means for AEW and. Yes. Well, I think if we went and reviewed the data, we could see something like it does help them to the tune of something like 10 to 15 percent. Like, you know, marginal, but good. It's not like the runway gets cleared and now AEW can get three million viewers per week because they're just scooping up all of SmackDown and Raw. Like, I feel
0: for the talent because it's always hard to go to work when you're uncertain of your company's future and especially the talent that was rehired after Vince fired them. That's
1: there was that quiet commentary too that sort of happened in the first couple few weeks with the post-Vince era where you could just see everybody had their working boots on and everyone was a little bit more energized.
0: Yeah, there was like a everybody was lifted off of everybody. Yeah. They were having
1: fun. You could feel them feel unburdened.
0: Commentary especially just yes. felt like, hey, we can all, you know, we can we can say things. We can actually be a part of this show as opposed to just, you know, sticking to the script or whatever. We can go with the flow here. We can, you know, have some creativity in what we do. And now, oh, God help us. I think, I, but I think, you know what? I don't think he's going to come back to creative even if he comes. I think he's just going to come there. He's going to sell it out from everybody.
1: I, I mean, I think the ghost events will now hang over creative. Yeah. We'll we'll see. But I just think like,
0: I think mean, this is going to, court, to be honest with you. I don't think anything big is going to happen. Right. It well, I mean, it's
1: going to be really interesting. Does the board fight him on this? Yeah. Uh, I I could see them fight him on this. Uh, and also, I don't think he's really considered that. Like this sexual harassment story, they could ramp up pressure on. Like they can make this more public. They can make him more of. an
0: could like, be more an Albatross.
1: Like yeah. like yeah. He he's really sort of. Thinking, well, I've beaten the sexual harassment story. No, the sexual harassment story to this point has not gone national in the way that it could have. Um, It's certainly not impossible to imagine a world where it does.
0: We took a few extra days off during the holidays. And during that time, impact, former impact color commentator, Don West, passed away of cancer. I I had to grow to love Don West. Chris, because my first, um, I was one of those people who, when I was in college and I was an insomniac, I'd be flipping channels and there'd be Don West screaming about what a great deal. These baseball cards are you get 400 boxes of flair and done cross for $25. I can't, you know, that, that kind of huckster snake oil type of thing for all these sports card collections on the home shopping network or whatever it was. And then he comes to TNA I'm just like, Oh, okay, whatever. But in hearing the commentary right after his death, he really did kind of pave the way for guys like Pat McAfee, who just are excited to be there and kind of fanboying a little bit on the commentary versus doing kind of a, more serious role or serious heelish role on there. Look, I, I, I'm one who did not like the Don West heel turn on Mike today. I thought that made it very uncomfortable on TV, even if it wasn't real behind the scenes, but, um, any strong thoughts or thoughts in general on Don West?
1: No, the only thing I could think of when Don West passed is that not too long ago, we had had a conversation about Don West where I feel like you had said what you just said. And I was going to say in what I said at the time was that I, I just thought he was a above average guy. We talked about his enthusiasm that he actually had like a passion for the thing that he, he was into it. He was legitimately enjoying himself doing it. And you can't fake that. And that's the thing that I always liked about West he clearly wanted to be there when it came to the wrestling stuff. Did you know all the moves? Hell no. Uh, there, there are times where, you know, Dodd West really well, was. Wasn't
0: even a wrestling fan when he got hired.
1: And then became a wrestling fan. And it just, he had a way, I think, and this came from sales. I think the best salesmen are able to see how a thing can improve somebody's life or whatever. And really, truly believe that when they're making the pitch. And I think he was able to port that talent onto wrestlers and see how certain wrestlers, especially if they weren't getting in, you know, in, in his mind, if he could whip up the narrative, like they're just due by like, you know, the way the world views them or whatever. Amazing Red comes to mind, for example. Like Don West was always really into Amazing Red. Uh, you have something like that. And I, I, he he was able to really just make you believe like, this guy is a star. Yeah. You know, like, why why don't people get it? You know, this guy is a star. You're watching a star right now. I think that there's something to be said for that.
0: And then we get to the wrestling that has happened in the past week, week and a half, which is just (laughs) starting last week, late last week, FTR loses the AAA titles to Dragon Lee and Jalistico. And on the same broadcast, Dragon Lee announces he has signed with NXT. He is the younger brother of Roosh. He's been on once. I believe he lost his mask in a six man and they had to cover his face for kind of an angle type thing. But kind of a little shocking because everybody says, hey, they won't treat you well in WWE. But it appears that according to Dave Meltzer, that people close to him said that NXT would, or WWE would be the better place for him to go compared to AEW which is interesting and also just interesting that they acknowledge it on the television show after FTR had dropped the tag titles to them. And NXT also put out a a release about Dragon Lee coming to NXT that same night. Chris, any thoughts?
1: I think this is a bit, I I want to say it's embarrassing. Like like the word that comes to mind is embarrassing in the sense like, it's not that like FTR got embarrassed by this, but to not know that you're about to do a belt drop to somebody who's like leaving the company and thus won't even be holding on to the titles is...
0: I'm wondering if AEW knew. That's and, that's the weird and, thing. Oh, and you're sure thinking,
1: and they, and they hung out, they hung FTR out to dry a little
0: Well, bit. FTR was going to lose all their titles anyways.
1: Right. But they still thinking, you know... Okay. They're
0: looking at possibly leaving AEW and just hitting the indies for a few years, and, and mostly this was due to AAA's Triple A has a deal with AEW, or they have kind of a talent deal. And Dragon Lee's thing is that he can't work New Japan, where he used to work a lot because of the whole Triple A CMLL uh, political issues. So, really, WWE is the only place to go other than AEW. And uh, look, I, but WWE has never treated luchadors as well. They've never treated. Small guys. Well, they've never treated flippy guys all that well. Now they have a place on the card, and you can make a lot of money, and you can stick around a lot long time, and make a lot more money if you want. If you're if you're an artiste, if you're somebody who cares about having great matches and being used, it's not the place for you, I don't think. If if you just want to survive on a card, take an RKO after doing a fantastic move, and basically be a mid card geek. It's a great place to go make three hundred thousand dollars a year.
1: Yeah, uh, I just it, it. I don't know that I have much more to say than that. I mean, right. like that's always been the terms of WWE, especially for these luchador guys. It, I mean, I it it helps to be able to have a good command of English language promos. Yeah, but even that historically has not been enough to save some of these guys exactly um, from the kiss of death. It's just something that like might give you a better than average fighting chance. And it does seem to track that if you're not good at the English language promo, it, it is tricky to find a spot. And I would be very worried about that going into the McMahon era or McMahon era part two. Uh, I I think the changes that we were sort of seeing in terms of presentation for some of these guys in NXT, I can't, names can't immediately come to mind, Uh, but I do recall that there were some non-native speakers who were getting better presentations last year after Vince. And I don't know that that's going to continue now.
0: Friday night SmackDown saw the return of John Cena being able to wrestle on TV for each of the (laughs) last 30 years. In addition, Charlotte Flair returned, beating Ronda Rousey in 30 seconds after Ronda beat Raquel Rodriguez in what was basically a glorified squash. Chris, any thoughts on how they did this? I hate these angles. They did this with Becky and Bianca, too. When
1: have these, no, I know. When have these, like, insta-squash Daniel Bryan-Sheamus sort of things actually worked? There's never been a time where it's been, like, A hot angle or something, it hasn't gotten people jazzed. Uh, Uh, one time, one
0: ultimate warrior honky tonk man.
1: Okay, that was how long ago, Jeff?
0: That was a long time ago. That was
1: a long time ago. I'm not
0: gonna say, (laughs) but if you say it never has worked, it's not true. I'm just saying, uh,
1: let's we have tends to
0: work a lot. I don't know. (laughs) Oh.
1: Okay, but like it, yeah, the Goldberg thing worked, but it's almost more <laughs> like they built an entire gimmick around that being ultimately the the way you know that but would they have like to
0: doing work. I mean the difference between this and the Seamus thing it's more akin to the Becky thing where it's like we reintroduce somebody and they automatically just run through our champion. I'm just like i I hate that, I really do,
1: yeah, and Charlotte's just not that interesting.
0: Yeah, but it looks like, according to some sources, that the WrestleMania lineup, which was originally supposed to be Becky and Ronda, has now changed. And it looks like it's going to be Becky and Rhea is is the plan for that side of the ledger. Don't know the side of the other ledger that it's going to be. I would assume it's Charlotte and Ronda, but we'll see.
1: Becky and Rhea could be a good program. Yeah. Charlotte and Ronda will not be a good program. <laughs> That, that's all I have to Those say. Those promos I, are going to
0: be dreadful. No, I <laughs>
1: we've seen them run a program before. We know what Charlotte and Ronda's promos against each other look like. They yes. suck. Yes. They're not good. They're notably bad. We've talked about this.
0: Because they're so both I trying know. way too hard.
1: And neither of them have real characters and Charlotte er, and Ron is not really committed to being a heel and Charlotte's not really a baby face and you don't really like either one of them. And you kind of hate both of them, but not in a man, I can't wait to watch these two people. I hate fight sort of way. Just more like you guys are both annoying. I don't like you.
0: AJ Styles broke his ankle. Looks to be out six weeks. Hope to be hopes to be back in time for WrestleMania.
1: I guess he's not winning the rumble.
0: (laughs) Very, very true. Then we get to this week on uh, gosh, just two nights ago, Wrestle Kingdom. Sure, you had the Omega Osprey Great Match, but what's pertinent to me and my interest? Well, FTR lost the New Japan Tag or the IWGP Tag Team Titles to Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi.
1: I was going to say, what did Toru Yano do on the Nice course?
0: short... Well, Toru Yano, uh I think he appeared on uh, New Year's Dash, and uh, he will be in the King of Pro Wrestling four-way for that. Or that was in a rumble, I believe. I don't know. I can to be mm. honest with you. Well, uh,
1: you said your and I was like, well, that... that uh, yeah,
0: well, Toru Yano,
1: Yeah, know, right. I know, I know. The
0: greatest pro wrestler to come out of Japan in the last 20 years. I don't care what well, I am,
1: one of the One of the nation's finest exports, for sure. He is.
0: But... The artist formerly known as Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet, or Monet, I don't think she's a French impressionist painter, but it's more of a play on money, made her debut at Wrestle Kingdom. Bailey had flown out there to support her friend. Naomi was there, and look, they're buddies with FTR, so everybody got to take some photos together. Came out, challenged Kyrie Sane, That match will happen in San Jose, Um, and tickets to those uh, got a nice little brisk sales out of it. So, yes, Mercedes got her Ribera jacket the other day, too. She is loving the Japan lifestyle. She loves anime. She's a pig and slop right now. And it raises some questions as to whether or not she'll be on her way to AEW or she's going to use this as leverage to WWE. WWE. But yeah, she will be working stardom in what stardom hopes will be the biggest women's program for their company and giving them a nice shot in the arm.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the the potential here for stardom is pretty high. I, I think this will give them a really nice shot in the arm.
0: In fairness, the promo wasn't that good, unfortunately. Uh, a little bit of culture shock, a little bit of stage fright, a little bit of, I mean, you know, when we watch Sasha, she, when she puts on the diva, kind of attitude it feels very try hard it doesn't feel like it fits her like she's wearing a costume and she's playing this a lot of it came out there and they also botched a move unfortunately um, in there but I am kind of excited because look Kyrie's great Sasha's great once they get into a match they're gonna practice this thing for a month it's gonna be phenomenal now I think it was obvious when this happened that then chatter started to come over to. Well, is she going to be, uh, Soraya's partner next Wednesday at the forum in Los Angeles? I, boy, they didn't. They 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 did an angle on Dynamite this week to dissuade that, but they also dropped hints at the same time, like Britt Baker calling herself the boss. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. I am of the opinion that she is not signed right now. Could be, and it could be a swerve where Sheeta takes out Tony Storm. But overall, I think it's a mistake not to advertise her if she's on the card, and and to do a double type of surprise like that to to fool the smarks and to keep and to play the internet is a stupid business move. Do you agree or disagree with that?
1: Yeah, if you have Sasha Banks, you say you have Sasha Banks.
0: Yes. Okay. Good. I just
1: no for some I, reason I,
0: everybody's like, well, you know, he could be keeping it as a surprise. I Go. Why would you do that?
1: No. Ticket no. sales
0: have not been the briskest for the uh for the forum necessarily. You want people in that building if it's going to happen, so you need to tell them she's going to be in the building. You can't just say yeah, just allude that somebody we know may be in the building on that night. You know, you don't have to. I mean. You know they hit the nail on the head, but you at least have to like say, "Yes, right. I have a partner." She's. You can take that to the banks. <laughs> you know that kind of. Thing. <laughs> but yes. uh that ends the news portion of this show. There are no sponsors this week as uh, we haven't heard if any of them are going to actually re-up for the year. So we'll just go into the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watched, whatever's on our mind for the week that was, or week and a half that was, we can bring it up right here. Chris, I'm going to start to did, did you get, a chance? I sent you a link to this, did you get to see Nakamura and Muda face off?
1: I I did not get a chance to see that. Man, you know, I've been moving. I understand. So. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I, really, I did,
1: however, see oh. the post-match thing. Oh, did you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, which part? The Muda part or the Mata Nakamura part? The Muda part. Okay, I will I will give context to that uh, eventually. Um, yeah. I enjoyed the match for what it was. Look, Muda has a very special place in my heart and my fandom because he did his excursion mostly in Crockett and became a big star in Crockett. So, I, I mean... He changed the game for the way I looked at wrestling in terms of what guys could do at for a 55 year old man or with shot knees. He, I think 55, I mean, might be 65.
1: Yeah. I was going yeah, to say, is he only 55? I don't I, think he's
0: only 55. I, I think he's 65. 60.
1: Yeah. I think he's 65 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he's got robot I mean,
0: moves. they worked this match well. Yes. They stole the ending from a best of the super juniors match between Bushi and Will Ospreay but I think they did it better. So there's a bit of a Milton Berle aspect to this where, uh, where Nakamura basically locked after taking two missed shots, a red and a green avoided the black mist by uh, planting one on old Muda and taking the mist out of his mouth and spitting it right back at him. Thought it was creative at the time. Got some context that wasn't so creative or original, but I think they did, but I remember the spot back from the super juniors match now and I think they did it better. Uh, that's just a personal opinion. Your mileage may vary. Um, yeah, Muda did not ingratiate himself afterwards, dropping a uh, gay slur <laughs> in the post-match media scrum. Uh, jokingly, but still, you don't say those types of things in in uh, in today's, so- today's society, much like you don't call him the Pearl of the Orient anymore, Jim Ross. Um, <laughs> yeah uh that was a little problematic but um nakamura got his tribute match and he had his working boots on and that was good to see as well because nakamura hasn't had much to do in wwe they brought over that uh his original violinist from the wrestlemania intro uh intro that he did i thought that was cool the sense of pageantry and noah was quite strong i thought yeah no i i just
1: what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas
0: And if you love the
1: filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited
2: time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba
1: da ba ba ba.
0: Just enjoyed this match for what it was. It was a fun popcorn match for me. There you go. Your go.
1: Um. <coughs> um. All right. I guess we'll do. Let's do NXT. Okay. Seen it right off the bat here. I thought it was real interesting at the end of NXT <clears throat> that Breaker got the upper hand on uh, Grayson Waller here. Because they've been doing a lot of booking that would suggest that, like, there are heels on the horizon to face the champion next. But this little this little one-upsman moment for Breaker versus Waller makes me almost think that they might be doing a bell drop to Waller here.
0: It's to bring maybe to bring Braun up
1: yeah exactly
0: it is interesting because it's like well grayson's pretty much the best heel you have right now in the company
1: and breaker got so much over waller here at the end of this that it almost feels like waller has to win this match now like it it, or, or another way of putting it is if breaker beats waller next week the way breaker kept his cool through the entire Grayson Waller try to get under skin thing, the Grayson Waller effect, and then beat the crap out of him. If he then beats him for the title, what does Grayson Waller have to do in this in
0: this exactly? Promotion? And it's probably and Waller's not gonna beat him clean, of course. He's gonna find no. a way to trick him or whatever. But given, given that you've already uh fed JD McDonough to one of the Creed brothers, I mean the natural thing to me would be, you know, uh Julius Creed versus Braun. I think that'd be fun, but the Creed still aren't really heels. They're still kind of, I mean, Diamond Mine's still kind of in that, they're still baby faces. Oh,
1: ways. yeah, yeah, they're baby faces. Yeah.
0: But Especially there's no, but there's the no,
1: industry.
0: yeah, there's no threat to Braun in there that that that's logical other than Grayson Waller.
1: Well, Grayson Waller, I mean, you also have um uh Carmelo. And they're kind of heating up. Yeah, but they yeah.
0: but they've now been paired out, paired up with Apollo and uh, and Axiom.
1: That is true. That is true. I, mean, I guess I guess you could elevate like
0: Carmelo again after. DiJack is a that. good
1: threat for Braun Breaker.
0: Dijak, yeah. Well, that's I think that might be the end game. I think DiJack yeah. because then then you can have. There's a problem in NXT is there's really nobody for Braun to work at underneath. And DiJack solves that problem.
1: Oh god, that'd be a great match.
0: I'm kind of here for that. I'm I am
1: too. Me. Yeah. No. Um.
0: Let us I, pray. It, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh no, but but it does. It it was just an interesting little moment here because it's like that. The other people who've been kind of getting heated up for the title chase have all been kind of heels. So, it's just interesting to see Breaker get such dominance over Waller.
0: Yeah, they've had some. They have some. I mean, look, they have some good and they have some bad in NXT. Most of it, but everybody has kind of something to do now. Like. The women, <laughs> again, I will say this, and, and we we should take our victory lap where we can. J.C. Jane, obviously the, the standout of Toxic Attraction when it was a threesome, and now even more so now that they're still a duo.
1: Oh, yeah, no, she's the clear winner here with the uh, Mandy Rose sort of uh, dissolving. She's
0: cutting the promos for them right now, and she's great at it in terms of what the WWE wants out of a promo. I'm not saying that... She's a great promo per se, but in terms of being able to read the lines that are given to her, that are ridiculous, she's perfectly acceptable and actually pretty good at it. I think. Thea she's Hale is
1: character, yeah. Thea yeah. Hale
0: is nonsense, and I love her. <laughs> Although the most preposterous part of that whole girl fight segment is Alba Fire coming down with a baseball bat, like, like Brick Hanlon and Anchorman grabbing a trident and just getting. Just getting bonked on the head by Isle of Dawn like a geek. I just I howled at that.
1: <laughs> Gotta love that Isla Dawn. Gotta love oh that. Oh my Isle
0: of goodness. Dawn. You know, um I, I like Carmelo a lot. Um I don't like this program for him. I think it cools him down way too much, to be honest with you.
1: I'm with you. Um, I, I think that if Trick Williams needs to do stuff.
0: Let Let's, him go do stuff.
1: Let him go do stuff. Exactly. I, because I, I, think,
0: I want Carmelo to have that aura of greatness at all times. And I just don't, it feels like they're just
1: trick really doesn't feel like in addition to no. the, in any meaningful way. Uh, and I think Carmelo works as either a heel or as a baby face, but without trick, it's much easier to make him a baby face. And if you're going to have like, grayson waller as your champion here which is potential now carmelo as a baby face going up against waller could actually be a very interesting little program
0: i would pitch Uh this i would pitch maybe giving uh carmelo a little bit more of an arrogant flair and making die his bodyguard as opposed to trick and you kind of reduce the party boy type of thing because everybody loves to party on this brand that's what you notice. Everybody's going out celebrating. Everybody's going out clubbing. You know, Uh Anofi and the Blade the, and sometimes Je- the
1: conflict is over how you party, right? Yes. Like, yeah, like like in which way do you party? And it's that NXT is high
0: school thing. all over again. To be honest with you,
1: well, <laughs> yeah, you you could goth party like the way that Joe Gacy and all those guys do. Like you know, like they they have their their good little goth party, and they're like, well, we don't like to go out and like go to the clubs because we're smarter than that. That's why we all hang out at Steve's house. And, and then you have like the <laughs> the nerdy guys who are like, no, 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 no. If we just kind of like, you know, fake it till we make it at the clubs here, it's going to work out. And then you have the people who actually are like really clubbing. It, and I, it's
0: I do like the past couple of weeks, they've given Drew Gulak something to do. I yeah. think that's been a nice addition to, to the NXT roster, to be honest with you. That's a guy, that's a guy that, that should be on any show you can get him on because he's so versatile and he's so good as a wrestler and a trainer. That he could be an asset to whatever roster you put him on.
1: Two notes on him: one, he looks like he's in incredible shape right now, and yeah. two, I think it was too early to turn him. I think I would have left it ambiguous for longer.
0: I I, I agree with that. I like you know. I think uh, the Charlie Dempsey thing. I think it was a little too soon to uh, put that out there, and then to go through beating uh, he beat uh, uh, Chase.
1: Yeah, he beat Chase. Chase, and I you know right. No, I I think they had an opportunity with Gulak and Chase to do a a bit of a mini version of Cobra Kai with like the two schools.
0: Yeah. And he's done that with, he did that in evolve with a uh, catch point. I mean, he, he's good at doing these types of angles. I just think with WWE, they, they love to rush to the heel stuff real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and I think,
0: you have to know that we have to boo him as opposed to, you know, leaving some doubt in there. <laughs>
1: it's like, why? Right, right. No, and, and it's it's actually perfect to have them both be baby faces, but, like, and, and then eventually you turn Gulag, but, like, you need to do a couple of weeks where Chase loses his temper, and it makes Gulag seem like the sympathetic figure because he's calmer and Chase is the hothead. Like, this is actually very similar to, like, the Cobra Kai stuff where it's, like, getting under a... Uh, uh, what's his name uh danny skin anyways yeah. point being um nxt shall we your turn your turn
0: let, let us celebrate more stupidity more more incredible incredible unrepentant stupidity you know prison changes a man and it's changed dominic mysterio from bad community theater actor to Harden Criminal.
2: <laughs>
0: I adored this segment. I have adored the ones on... Uh, I have adored all the segments of him trying to bring Rhea home for the holidays. I just think all those have been great. Um, But also, Dominic's totally a rat. He told that's the way he got out of prison so quickly is he completely gave somebody up. I'm convinced of this
1: uh i really enjoy how dominic's like aesthetics keep adopting different wrestlers so it's like a little bit of eddie guerrero but now we've also brought in a little bit of razor ramon into this guy
0: yeah so who else can we bring in on this (laughs) nails
1: oh yeah a little bit of doa uh i mean you could uh, classic aces and eights could be brought into this
0: (laughs) well that's another company but okay I know uh, a little was. If I didn't know, know. I didn't
1: necessarily think that they wanted to revisit DoA. Yeah, not like,
0: as a DoA. <laughs> <D.A.
2: laughs>
1: um, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you think he got jumped into a prison gang in his thirty minutes in the holding cell? Uh,
1: That—that's. I mean, how did he get out?
0: American <laughs> Me or Blood yeah, in, never, Blood Out, starring Dominic to... Mysterio. <laughs> this is what I want.
1: I just love like framing going to jail for a night, like you know, like going to the drunk tank. Going is,
0: to the drunk tank is yeah, hard yeah, as, time.
1: Yeah, as prison. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, we need lockdown, Dominic Mysterio edition. <laughs> trying you know, to my it. first day in, I looked at, I looked for the biggest guy in the room. <laughs>
1: He looks around. and He starts talking to these guys. He goes, "We got to get out of here, guys. We need to plan to get we out of here.
0: We need to plan <laughs> to break out of here." He he goes up and he tries to punch a six foot five accountant who's a white collar <laughs> criminal or something. Hey, what the f, dude? I'm here on a DUI. What are you doing? We're gonna be out in forty eight hours. <laughs> I posted mail. I'm just waiting for my ride. What are you doing? <laughs> come on man don't show any weakness (laughs) i have a plan (laughs) all right which one of is gonna be my bitch (laughs) he turns it into oz he turns the drunk tank into oz and he thinks that's what it is
1: Uh,
0: we all need to join together to survive this hey we're gonna be out in eight hours what are you doing Oh my god. Turning
1: it into the Stanford prison experiment.
0: Too. <laughs> I've seen things that change a man.
1: <laughs> How quickly we revert to our primal selves.
0: <laughs> I ate ramen noodles for a night. Um yeah, you're go.
1: <laughs> Uh all right. So Elias continues to be very good at these hardcore matches. Um, I mean, like, the, you're never gonna get me to like love these hardcore matches as like a premise or whatever. But I do like the fact that this guy's willing to beat himself like up, pretty, pretty like rough and tumble for these. He's matches. a
0: big dude. He's sneaky big. He's not the best, you know, technical wrestler in the world, but he is great in these. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, he, he's good. He's tough. He's he's sort of establishing, yeah, like a like a low key tough thing, and I I respect it. I really do.
0: Um I'm going to go over to Dynamite for a moment and a tale of two different segments which are generally positive I'm going to be nitpicky about. First of all the uh the page Moxley uh stare down/promo battle etc. Overall really good work by Adam Page. I just really for me I want somebody number 1 to do a run-through of these segments first before we (laughs) put it on television. Because you can say a lot more with less on this when he asks, are you cleared to wrestle? Well, and his his response was like a three-minute promo when all he had to say was, not yet, but I could be on, on like Tuesday of next week or something like that. Instead, he goes... Well, you know, I'm going to go see a doctor. And after I see the doctor, if he clears me, I'll be able to go. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like, God. I know some people go, well, why not clear him there? But the whole point was to keep them from fighting each other at that point. And I get that. But you had to basically just say not yet. And you did that. and Instead of using two words, you used 300. And it was driving me nuts. The other thing that drove me a little bit nuts, and I I did love John Moxley's like I like John Moxley's rabid dog act for the most part, but the pacing back and forth while, while Paige is trying to cut a promo on him was driving me insane because I just wanted Paige to call an audible, grab him by the shirt and go, you look at me when I'm talking to you. And then that would have forced Moxley to do something on the fly as well. And he probably would have grabbed Paige right back and screamed in his face and it would have been such a hotter promo Without that, but I'm getting distracted by Moxley just drawing focus when Paige is trying to cut a heartfelt promo about this is why I'm mad at you. And I really didn't care for that at all. Uh, I'll stop there for right now. Any thoughts on
1: that? Um, no, I, I I think the only other thing I have to add for it is I, I find the Moxley-Page angle like a little confusing as to who's going to win now just because of what's going on with MJF and Danielson because I feel like MJF is going to make Danielson have to beat a member of Blackpool Combat Club or something
0: oh I think the I think the ending of the match is <clears throat> fairly predictable to be honest with you I think oh, a, I think Paige knocks out Moxley
2: oh Moxley okay. goes on
0: vacation for a few weeks
1: okay so you you think Moxley's losing this
0: yeah I do. Okay.
1: All right. All right. Well, then, then I think that one's fairly obvious. Okay. Um, I, okay. here, here's my, another note on that I have, um, Cargill should have lost in this match. Once red velvet walked out on her. Yes. I know she's quote unquote undefeated, but that doesn't apply to tag matches. And this is exactly the time where you beat someone like this. They can lose in a tag match. It's like, obviously going to have an asterisk, like, yeah, she got beaten because Kiara Hogan and Sky Blue outnumbered her. And like, you know, but it wasn't
0: a singles match, so it doesn't count against the streak.
1: Right. And it doesn't mean that Kiara Hogan can beat Jade Cargill or whatever, but like narratively, it's infinitely more satisfying than Cargill then still overcoming the odds.
0: Well, Chris, let me let me even make it even more weird. Because why is Kiara Hogan involved in the finish of this match at all when you're pumping up for a Jade Cargo versus Sky Blue match on Friday. Sky Blue needed to roll up one of these two, preferably Jade, to get the win to set up the match once Red Velvet left. It just, it made everybody look kind of stupid. It, Red Velvet's the focus, right? It's the Red Velvet betrayal
1: that you and, care about And are about we more supposed
0: than- to root for Red Velvet here or, or not root for? Because while I think Red Velvet has improved greatly in the ring, while Jade has not, <laughs> it still wasn't all that clear that we should be booing Red Velvet for <laughs> rebelling against Jade, who gets star pops. She doesn't get good guy pops. She gets those star pops because people know she's a star.
1: Yeah, uh, th- this this is a mess. It, it really was. I, I just thought that one Sky Blue probably should have gotten the pin here, but two, once you have once you have Cargill outnumbered the other team has to win. She has to
0: let's praise the best act right now in AEW. In my opinion, Jay lethal and Jeff Jarrett, (laughs) these guys are fantastic. They are fantastic heels. They are fantastic reactioners. They are fantastic actors. Everything about that, acclaim. everything about the, the, the promo on Friday, responding to the acclaims rap dissing them was fantastic. Lethal got very angry and stormed off. Jarrett just did a slow burn and said, I'm going to end your career. I love that. I hated what he did to to promote on his podcast. That was stupid. But then we get to this match and Jeff Jarrett is, is just so solid as a heel, as a mid card heel who is there to elevate the baby faces and make them look good. He is just so great. He goes in there. He he has, he has his, he has his want, which he's going to go after Max Caster. So he goes there, slaps him, does a couple moves Tags in Jay Lethal, who does most of the work here. We get rid of... It drove me a little bit nuts that they let Billy Gunn in the ring to do... to get his pop, and then they kicked him out, at least. That was a good thing. Kicking out Sottenham, I howled. I howled at the middle... at the double deuce. The referees for throwing him out. Just this giant guy with fingers that are bigger than Bryce Remsburg, flipping off them. Uh, the reversal of the thing, just watching Jarrett and Lethal react to getting "quote unquote" screwed in the Dusty Finish, was absolutely fantastic. Aubrey got her hometown hero moment, which was nice for her. I guess if you want to get if you want to get pops for referees, I guess that's how you do it. I'm I like not noticing referees to be honest with you, but I get it. I get why they do this. They love pushing Aubrey, but I, I just I loved everything about that Jarrett Lethal. Dutt, Satnam Singh combination all week. They were great to me.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I was watching this match and I was just really impressed with Jarrett in particular. I think that he is really perfect for this role and this is the most I've ever enjoyed Jarrett in, in sort of any role, I think.
0: Former host says that that, that whole interaction um, when they reversed the decision, top five moment in Jarrett's career, Mr. Rob McCarran coming into my DMs and saying that. So, and he, that's his favorite wrestler. So I will take his word for it. But yeah, no, I really thought they were solid. It is your turn, sir.
1: Um, all right, let's see. What else do we have on this? Um, I mean, like, look, I, I general note on the card here. I think that AEW, we have been critical about who is this show booked for, for week to week. For good or for ill, the answer to that question was very simple. This show was booked for Seattle, and insofar as it was a show booked for Seattle, I think it was booked very effectively. I thought um, it was a
0: good show. Uh, Eight hundred forty-six thousand yeah. viewers, so down a bit, but
1: yeah, yeah. beat
0: by everything NBA. So
1: yeah, right, right. <laughs> that that is that is a bit rough. Um. Strickland and AR Fox. Great match. Great match. I, I don't, I didn't rewatch the Lucha underground match. Uh, I reviewed it years ago, but I, I didn't go and rewatch it after watching that match. Um, I, I had like a note to do that. And then, I <laughs> like, then I, I, then I didn't, is and how that's <laughs> Um, I, I do. Uh, and then Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. We liked this match the first time out. Um, I think this was this also delivered as well. Um it wasn't and, as good
0: as the first one, but I really liked
1: it. Right, it, yeah, and I'll feel you, but I, I, I liked it. Yeah, Um, maybe not as good as the first one, but, like, it was good. And I don't know, like, I just like these guys as a feud. Like, And, and in this case, this is a situation where Darby Alley could be the champion, and now you get have Samoa Joe with the heel chasing the baby face. And that actually is one of the rare times where it kind of works just as well as when the baby face chases the heel. I
0: need... I need a outside voice, um, on something because okay. No, <laughs> actually, I just I just need uh, I need I need you to tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. Oh, okay. Because um, this is a bone of contention about AEW this week. <clears throat> the Starks Jericho match. The Ricky Starks presentation isn't working for me as well as as it is some other people. Some other people are thinking he's coming off as a star. And I just think, like, in the middle of this match, when he's doing his poses with the arms coming out flailing and when he's, like, grabbing his hair, like, doing the head-down thing, number one, it comes off sports entertaining, and it doesn't come off very alpha to me. It comes off somewhat, for lack of a better term, effeminate to me. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that. There, There's something very... It, it it doesn't feel like a star. It it doesn't feel like something a star in a fight would do necessarily. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So it Ricky feels like Stark's, a mid.
0: It feels like a mid card fire up spot.
1: Ricky Starks does this thing with a number of his poses that I think is very unfortunate. Where he moves into a side profile and it makes him look that like he is only two point seven five dimensional. Yes. I and... think no.
0: I think that nailed it. I think that nails it for me. A lot of it.
1: Yeah, like there are some other things that you you could go either way on. Like, I I get what you're saying about some of the other mannerisms or whatever. But like, for me, the one that I keep going back to is this side angle makes him look like very skinny, very skinny. The funny thing is
0: I thought it made him look tiny. And then I saw him standing next to MJF and he dwarfs MJF in some ways. I'm just like, my God, I didn't realize he was that much taller than him.
1: And, and I think that, that that really does, it just hits home, like what what a bad particular mannerism that is. Uh, and I think if he moved away from that, I, yeah, I'm with you. It's, there is a Stark quality about Starks. I am with you. But I you think it's just
0: a heel, not a baby face.
1: That, that might be part of it. But I also think that it could go either way. It just depends. It, it really is more about carriage. And how he you know, moves around yes. the ring, how he yes. carries himself. Um, and right now, he still reminds me a lot of the presentation that he was doing when he was in NWA. That's a when, good
0: call. That's a strong call. When he was call. wearing
1: the best in stuff like that. Uh, yeah. it, just, it, just, it, it doesn't... And that was very mid-card-y to me. I like I saw a certain aspect to him that yeah, like this is like a you know above average looking guy. You know, like he has a certain star look to him, but he also is like kind of dressed like you know gym wrestler. And yeah, I think- he has a nice
0: he has a nice egotistical promo. But then the bell rings, and you're kind of like, okay, he's good, but he's not showing me like main event heel level good on NWA.
1: I don't think the spear does anything for him either. I, he's he's not a guy who I think he's a was,
0: smaller guy.
1: Yeah, I, and well, also because this gets back to the two point seven five dimensional thing, the spear requires you to go completely lateral, and so it really sort of emphasizes his thinness.
0: I I love the energy of the match, but old school Jeff is now going to come out to play a little bit. He's in the walls of Jericho. He gets hit in the head with a baseball bat. Not only is he not out, but I think they also decided to do a spot he wasn't aware of necessarily. Chris, in the old days, back in the day when you do a spot where you had a guy in a sleeper or he was out. If you lift the arm three times and it falls three times, that's the three count. It doesn't matter if you strongly bring your arm up after the three (laughs) He did that. This was just like Bobby Fish kicking out after the pin. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, okay, they need to go over the history of that spot a little bit more. If they're gonna do that because it's like one, two, three. Oh, now I'm gonna lift my arm up and be strong. I was like, no, 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 that was a three count already. Hold on here. And I get, look, I get that the indie type crowds are gonna forgive that kind of stuff, but it's just, it's just me watching that going. All right, that didn't go as well as it should have right there. But yeah, um overall, I thought, look, hot crowd, hot show. It was one of their better shows, I thought, to be honest with you. Um, with the exception of that just god awful Surreya segment where <laughs> Tony Storm and Cheetah and are sitting there and, I like, and then she was, was like, What lying. the F. <laughs> no, but and,
1: and then Tony storm and Soraya continue this conversation as though it's not only just that Soraya had just chosen Tony storm. It's that in so doing it made Sheeta explode into a thousand pieces and she was no longer in the room. It was, it was so baffling that neither one of them could see the visible disgust on Sheeta's My face. My
0: favorite part of that Sheeta looking at Renee and Renee going, I don't know either.
1: Like, I, I, I mean, and again, it just sort of makes you hate Soraya and Storm. Yes. Like, These are your not,
0: baby right. faces. What are you doing, making them mean girls to the transfer student? And, and it's like not even
1: like Soraya's like uh, being deliberately mean. It's like worse. It's that sort of like obliviously doing something yes. that's really deeply really hurtful. It's uh, you're
0: beneath me. You should know you're beneath me. I'm gonna go talk to my cooler friend over here, Tony Storm. <laughs> it's like, well, hold on here.
1: No, it's it's well, it's I'm saying it's like one of the most sympathetic things, like for the the person who's the recipient. In this yes, case, and you know, and the Somebody says something really hurtful, and they don't even realize how hurtful it is to you. So of course you sympathize with Sheeta, and, and you don't sympathize kill with this, the story. I think they're
0: gonna kill this by turning Sheeta heel. And heel. Like, yeah, oh my god, I can't believe she did this to her friends. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on here.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe
0: she'll serve a day in prison, like Dominic.
1: Prison really changes the person.
0: (laughs) She'll come out. She'll come out with like the dirty pants suit, like it's been, like she's been sleeping on a bench all night, just whacking people with kendo sticks. Um, anything else, Chris?
1: Um, from this week's wrestling, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's all I got.
0: Uh, I'll do a couple real quick hits. I do like that on dark. They're now doing some smaller angles for guys that are on less. They they gave uh, Rohit Roja a nice promo, I thought, and they did a promo where uh, Brian Pillman Jr. came to Arn Anderson and Brock Anderson for help after both Brock lost and Pillman Jr. lost, and it was the best promo Pillman's ever cut because he was actually he had dropped any facade of a character and it was nice and it was it was it was a nice little promo from him so i'm liking those types of things and i will give i will give a plug to the queen of aew dark emmy sakura because she is in her mid 40s and she is doing moonsaults and nobody's watching her squash matches where she's just killing people and she's great i've been really enjoying all of her matches She's had her run for the past six months, and she's had some bangers with Tony Storm. She's had some great tag team matches where she's just chopping the crap out of people. You, you give up that goofy queen gimmick where she's doing we will rock you type of thing, and she is solid. I, I like her a lot, even though she doesn't get a lot of play on the main show. But uh, yeah, those are my only other things.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't have other things. Okay. So cool. Yeah, that's Go it. enjoy
0: your new town. This has been Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me on Twitter at Crap Game 13 You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. We update every time a new episode drops. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Shows for every type of fandom that you can think of. A lot of Japanese wrestling. Stuff behind the Voices of Wrestling paywall. They gave instant reaction to Wrestle Kingdom out there over this weekend. If you wish to join that Patreon, we don't see any money but we like the guys over there. Go help them out. Chris also uh, has an Instagram account at dr underscore nov. That's the word dr underscore nov. guitar lessons, moving updates, cats, all those other things. Chris, what are your plugs for this week?
1: I mean, you basically nailed it. Uh, don't worry about the <laughs> government might come back here at some point in the next couple of weeks now that I'm like settled in. And there has been enough news that I could easily fill an hour with bantering about the news on a light level. So be on the lookout. Maybe I'll tape it this upcoming week. Maybe I'll tape it the week after that. Who knows? Who knows? I'll I'll announce it here. You'll be you'll hear it here first, and then you'll see it on patreoncom DWATG.
0: I also have another podcast called The Dynamite Show. It's on the Fight Game Media Network for five bucks a month. Myself and Paul Fontaine. About ten minutes after Dynamite goes off the air, hot takes, not reason at all. Just crap. We haven't even thought about what <laughs> they've You can find that at Patreon.com/slash/FightGameMedia for Chris Novembrino. I am Jeff Hawkins. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye bye.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
2: Go to
0: Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day.
0: Go listen to the Lucha Yovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.